This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace the tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday evening. Uh, if you're dealing with some storm storm damage, uh, enjoy the cleanup and, and enjoy the podcast tonight. Whole lots to talk about. Three, three count them great guests on the program. Also, another edition of Gary Did You Know coming up. But first, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. The same old song and dance, the same tune, the song goes on. Kyle Larson wins in the NASCAR Cup Series. This time, it came at the Ally 400 Sunday afternoon at Nashville Super Speedway. Larson, he battled through an overheating problem and pretty much put on a clinic to pick up the win. Tony Stewart, he smoked the competition. You're welcome. Boo, I know. Uh, During the SRX first visit to Knoxville Raceway and the first visit to dirt so far this season, uh, Stewart actually had to do a little work to get the win, getting around Michael Waltrip late in the race to go on and pick up the victory. Travis Stemmler used the outside of the racetrack to catch David Hilliker at Crystal Motor Speedway, but on the final restart, Hilliker took a line away, forcing Stemmler to work around him on the bottom before going on to collect the win. Hilliker held on for second, Derek Hilliker third, Taylor Wiles and Mike Vandermark Jr. rounded out the top five. How about Zane DeVault taking the lead from his pole position on Friday night at I-96 Speedway, survived a number of restarts and never looked back on his way to his first sprints on dirt win of the season, and Dustin Daggett picked up another win with the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints Friday night, also at I-96, coming from fourth to methodically work his way to the win, and that's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. So much more to talk about tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from the... uh, uh, from the separated Horsepower Happening studio. we got to work on getting an actual studio put back together. But, Rich, welcome in. Glad to have you along. Had a great weekend. Uh, enjoyed a great birthday, Father's Day weekend. And then we got to work together for the first time uh, on the microphone in a couple of years, which was really, really fun. Yeah, since uh, the first time since 2019, we got to call a race together. And uh, that was fun. I made my first ever trip to Flat Rock. Uh, oh, and, and you mentioned it, happy belated birthday and happy belated Father's Day to all those who are listening. But, Rich, we got to watch our own absolute clinic be put on on Saturday from Flat Rock. And it really was. Um, you know, it was like a, a man amongst boys. What we were watching there, Zach, to be honest. Which is funny yes. because it was a boy amongst men, let's be honest. <laughs> it, was the other, and it was the other way around, exactly. NASCAR Camping World Truck Series regular Carson Hosovar got his second ARCA CRA Super Series powered by Jags win in a row uh, by collecting the checkers in Saturday night's Van Dorn Racing Development 125 at Flat Rock Speedway. Uh, The Portage native also won the Money in the Bank 150 at Berlin Raceway on June 9th. 
Scotty Thomasick grabbed the lead early uh, from his pole starting position, while Hosevar and Hunter Jack would battle early for the runner-up spot. Hosevar would work by Jack, uh, and on lap 13, he would get by Thomasick for the race lead and never look back. Jack would also work his way around Thomasick and and at times seemed to be closing the gap on Hosevar, but uh, as the pair would work through lap traffic, uh, Jack would fade near the end. Uh, Jack would bring home a solid second-place finish and expand his 2021 points lead with fast qualifier Kyle Crump, Tomasic, and Ethan Stanuchek completing the top five. What a great run. What a lot of fun to watch as well. And uh, nice job by the Van Dorn cars. One, two, three. And uh, they would have had four, but Ethan couldn't get around uh, Scotty Tomasic there late, so he, he ended up fifth. And we're going to talk to Ethan about his performance coming up later on. But, Rich, you were absolutely – you were really excited for Ethan at the end of that thing. I was. You know, um, he, he ran in the he ran in the factory stocks and Enduros. In the factory stocks, they run, you know, 20-lap features. Uh, but the Enduros, they run 250. I think that that's what helped him. Um, it's not that he had a whole, whole lot of time. I mean, he, he only – this was only a second Arca Series Super Series event, so he's still getting comfortable in that race car, uh, which, by the way, is a former Mandy Chick race car. Right. Uh, that's that's where they got it from. But yeah, he's still getting comfortable, and now he's starting to pull off top fives. Um, you know, wait till he gets to the Jake's Tour. That could be a you know that that could be a warning shot to the competition. Well, let's talk on the dirt side of things. Winston Speedway played host to the first of two Sunoco American Sprint uh, American late model series events uh last weekend offering up five thousand dollars to the winner at the end of 40 laps brandon thoroughby started the evening pr- proving that he would be a contender setting fast time with a 13.677 but the complexion of the race and the night changed after qualifying as the track was completely reworked due to rough conditions despite a massive effort on the part of dean wilkerson and his staff the speedway never truly came to life with ruts and holes all around the speedway all night long this resulted in a high attrition rate throughout the course of the 40-lap feature. Even though several drivers called it quits early, a fantastic race was still dis- uh, played out before a nice crowd. Thoroughby started on the pole of the race but fell off quickly, losing spots to Greg Goki and Travis Stemmler. Goki appeared he would be the car to beat throughout the first half of the race. He did lose the lead momentarily after a lap 9 restart to Stemmler, who found his way to the point on lap 11. But Gogi retook the lead by lap 14. This was also when Thoroughby made his charge toward the front. At the halfway point, Thoroughby had found a way around Gogi and brought Stemmler with him. Caution flew on lap 26 when Ryan Vanderveen came to a stop. Just nine laps later, another caution when Eric Spangler and Gogi appeared to get together on the backstretch. The incident was the end of the night for both drivers. In the end, Thoroughby would hold on to take the win over Rich Bell, who snuck up into second. Stemmler fell back to third, and Cody Bauer was the fourth and final driver to cross the finish line. Vanderveen got credit for fifth. Back in the pits after the race, an exhausted Travis Stemmler shared his thoughts after a long night. Brings it home third tonight. Cars in mostly one piece. Is that a win after tonight at Winston? Yeah, it's a, it's a win. That hopefully nothing comes you know, later down the road. But yeah, cars in one piece. Uh, Wish that last caution didn't come out because it was, uh, we we're just kind of running our own, but 
hey, top three with survival of the fittest, we'll take it. You know, a race still did unfold here. You guys all had the same track to race on. You had the lead for a moment. You, you did a really nice job on a restart. Got around Goki with a little bit of a power move. What happened? It looked like, I don't know if the car fell off or if you, you hit hit a, a rut wrong, but you fell all the way back to third in one lap. What, what went wrong there? Yeah, I, I drove it in, uh, tried to hit the same spot. It was kind of weird because, you know, you'd hit the same groove and next thing you know, you know, you're facing all different directions. Uh, it was kind of weird. I, you normally, you know, a rough track, you get, you know, one spot that you can just keep hitting. And this one was just a little different. If you slid one inch here or there, it, it was the difference. Well, nonetheless, top three, as you said, podium finish with ALMS. Um, you got a potentially long weekend or maybe a break, but nonetheless, I want to give you a chance. Who, who makes this possible for you? Oh, I got to thank Inclum Racing. There's, I thank them for everything they do. Uh, Great Lakes Directional Drilling, Helm Electric, uh, Norton Equipment and Sales, AP Smiley, Cusack Collision, Prime FX, AccuForce, Gary and Sharon Patrick, Buddha's Drinking Team, Ron and Kim, uh, McAllister Cat Rentals, Algeo, uh, Brett Hines Tree Service, Positive Clean and Fist Trucking, Pro Power Race Engines, uh, Axles Place. All these people uh, make it possible for us to go uh, to these shows and uh, put on a show for the fans. Positive Cleaning and the Twisted Monkey. Um, and uh, AccuForce, you know, I can't thank these guys enough. All right, man. Well, third place, go put a heat compress on and uh, good luck the rest of the weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, uh, a stressful evening nonetheless, but also a little bit of a successful evening too, all things considered. Rick's, Rich Bell finished second. He had some mixed emotions back in the pit area. Standing by after an eventful 40 laps at Winston Speedway, and not so much because of the on-track activities, but just because of what you had to race in. But Rich Bell, put that all aside. I think you look at the big picture, you leave here, your car's in pretty much one piece, and you should leave here with the ALMS points lead. Um, are those the highlights, I guess, of the entire night? Yeah, I, hopefully uh, there's not going to be any long-term damage from, from this rough track, but uh, I don't know. I'm wore out. I don't think I've ever been this this beat from uh, racing all these years. So, uh, But uh, just happy to bring her home. But yeah, we're, we're happy to come home in one piece and come out here with good points tonight. You had a long night too, and, and I want to talk about, everybody had a long night fighting this racetrack. I guess that's the one thing, is everybody was dealt the same track, but you came in second in the points, so you knew you probably had to push through to try and finish that race. Your heat race, though, you have to pull in running second. What what happened to you in your heat race? Had a big clump of mud uh, make its way through the air cleaner and completely just choked out the carburetor, so that's the first two on all these years racing, so yeah. Go through the B main, start the feature, just kind of put it on autopilot, I'm assuming, try to cruise control it. What's next? I know uh, you're probably going to head to Oakshade tomorrow. Autopilot again? I mean, how, how competitive are you going to be? How concerned are you about any long-term damage in the car? Well, we can uh, only look through so much of it and hopefully we don't find anything. And uh, that's hard on motors, everything. But uh, yeah, long-term, uh, good night. Well, tomorrow night, hopefully we can get a top five out of there. I've never really been that good in Oakshade, so we can turn it around there. I know you've got a lot of people here in Michigan that support you and that's why you come over here and play so much. So who is it that helps you get this done here tonight? Uh, just another day, trucking. They, they're on board this tonight, actually as a new sponsor. We appreciate them. Uh, 100 Men and Sun Ready Mix, um, Lori and Kevin Gleedon. Those are my Michigan people. Um, 
Bell's Transmissions, Deegan's Garage, Star Rockwood Products. Uh, just a bunch of guys. We appreciate all their help, that's for sure. That's Rich Bell bringing home second tonight at Winston. Well, and uh, let's be honest, Rich, it wasn't all roses for Brandon Thurlby either. He had fought through a share of issues in route to the win Friday night. He discussed it with me after the race. The story tonight for the podium interviews is going to be the same. Exhausted, worn-out drivers, but it's got to feel better when you're able to hang on and get it done. You take the lead at the halfway point, work your way not only through the challenges of the track but a couple of restarts how'd you hang on and really was this a race of just hanging on or was there some things that you did that made a difference yeah i mean it just you know i was in the catbird seat for a while there and just kind of got to watch greg and then actually travis got around me for a little bit so i was kind of more so watching those guys and seeing what was upsetting the car the most what's upsetting it the least and actually travis when he got around me and he drove through one and two the one time. Actually, he had a, a decent line where he wasn't all over the place and pulled me pretty good and uh, went through there. And then I found a pretty decent one down in three and four. If I got the car bent enough, you know, it just had to keep that right front planted and uh, not pointed towards the wall. You had a scary moment coming out of turn four, pointed toward the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, what are you doing in that race car? Just trying to hang on? Is there anything you can do, call it mathematically, if you will, to try and make a difference on a track this rough? I think a lot of it too is, you know, you just, you know, people don't really think of race car drivers as athletes, but, you know, working in the shop with my guys and stuff like that, hauling around, you know, rotors, and I stay in pretty good shape, and I think, I think that had a lot to do with it, and, you know, not... Light beer. Yeah, light beer, you know, <laughs> yeah, running two miles a day, no, but, no, I think a lot of it, just upper body strength, you know, being able to hold on to the wheel, because, I mean, even that time, like I said, got pointed to the wall, it was just everything I had to do to hold on to it, you know, so... But no, I, like I said, overall, I think, you know, just, just watching those guys and getting trying to find the smoothest way around. You guys, as a team, I, I want to give you a chance to talk about this because you won your heat race, but when you came into the pits, this area was a scramble. What happened, and, and how did you guys recover? You know, we're, I know what happened, how it happened, I have no idea. I went about three to go. I went down into uh, turn three, and, and the frame skipped, and I bottomed out the whole car. And actually the radiator cap popped off and I was dumping uh, dumping some water and I just kind of you know for those that are watching the race I just kind of putted around the bottom the last couple laps held on to the lead you know water temp only got up to about 210 so we didn't hurt anything luckily it happened you know with a couple laps to go but how it happened I'm not sure but it just I hit I bottomed out so damn hard that <laughs> I don't know I don't know how that I've never had it happen before but uh, no we uh, just made sure everything was good with the motor and everything was sound and safe, and uh, yeah, we were good to go for the feature. How about Victory Lane tonight? The crowd response, uh, three in a row, as mentioned for you here at uh, at Winston. You've got a lot of support here all of a sudden at this track. Yeah, uh, we used to when this was a UMP track back in the you know a few years back. We uh, we ran down here religiously, and and you know the fans they're diehards here. I mean here in Thunderbird, this whole area of Muskegon is just die-hard dirt late model I mean I'm not taking away from any of the other classes but these people love their late models down <laughs> here and it shows I mean we uh we'll sell more t-shirts here in a night than I'll you know do in a month anywhere else so well man congratulations nice job I know uh that without your dad and without those people behind you you wouldn't be able to do this so so who is it that gets you here well I just uh <laughs> I'm in the doghouse right now I got my bell rung out there pretty good <laughs> I forgot to thank the most important person uh -oh. <laughs> my girlfriend Leah I'm going to be sleeping on a different bed tonight. I think I'll be in the bunk, but no, her and my daughter, Danny, Leah does so much for me. I just can't thank her enough, but 
like I said, my crew is just amazing, and I, they get paid in food and beer and pit pass, so they, they travel from all over and, you know, putting gas in their own cars to, to come to the track just to help me out, so I can't thank them enough. Well, the good news is we know from the post last week when you won that she likes to sleep with a winner, so I think you'll be okay. <laughs> That's Brandon Thurlby picking up the win here tonight at Winston. Well, and that was just the, uh, the beginning of things because... They had another race to contest on Saturday at Oakshade, which means they were going to have to pull those cars out in a Meyer parking lot somewhere and make sure that they were good and ready to go. And here's how it shook down at Oakshade. Rusty Schlank, by the way, his car ended up broke in the heat race. He pulled off early in the feature, which is very unlike Rusty on Friday nights because he even told me before the race, the rougher, the better. Well, it didn't go his way, but then Saturday, sweet redemption. Schlank came from the eighth starting spot at Oakshade to win the second race of the doubleheader weekend. Schlank took the lead with six laps to go, passing Devin Shields for the triumph. For the second night in a row, drivers talked about track conditions, though, with Oakshade having a unique problem with turns one and two being soft and rough, while turns three and four were hard and slick. Shields held on for second at the stripe, Chris Keller completing the podium. Rich Bell, Colin Shipley rounded out the top five. And with the completion of the weekend, as mentioned, Bell should have a sizable lead in the championship points for the ALMS, given that Daryl Lanigan, the points leader, headed into the weekend, and Devin Moran, who was running third, were not in attendance. The next ALMS race, by the way, will be part of the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series weekend at Tri-City and Merritt Speedways on Friday, July 2nd, and Sunday, July 4th. Well, Zach, the quest for 100 Dirt Car Summer Nationals wins just got one race closer for Shannon Babb. The Mawikwe, Illinois native uh, found a sudden burst of speed late in the race around the bottom lane of Fairbury Speedway Saturday night and uh, blew by his opponents for a $10,000 payday and his 99th career Dirt Carter Summer Nationals feature win. While it was a big win at a big race, it was also special to Babb on a personal note. Uh, six years ago, he came into the Fairbury uh, event after the birth of his daughter, Finley, and captured his 90th career held tour victory. His uh, his 99th victory uh, Friday night came six years to that date at the very same racetrack. And uh, Babb used the bottom lane to work past Tanner English on lap 35. He then pushed his lead to over three seconds at the checkers. English, Devin Moran, uh, Frank Heckenass Jr., and Bobby Pierce would complete the top five. Uh, Pierce, Moran, and English also found victory lane in the in the first week of the 2021 Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Uh, Plymouth Speedway was the only event uh, to fall to Mother Nature so far, Zach, and that was last night. And, and Zach, if you're a Dirt Car Summit Racing Modified Nationals fan, all you need to know is Nick Hoffman. He's won them all, He's won them all so far. <laughs> oh, the same old tune continues to ring true. How about this? Back up north, a long day turned into a long night at M40 Speedway Saturday after two rainstorms and a complete power outage slowed the show for the must-see racing sprint car series. Due to the rainstorms, heat races and the fast car dash were scrapped in an effort to get the show in. Joe Ligori was the fastest in qualifying, turning in a, a, a second I should say a lap time, Rich. Can you just fathom this for a second around M40? Just over 11 seconds to go around that speedway. Those cars are moving 11.035, meaning he would start on the pole of the feature. That was until his car would not fire when the cars were pushed off for the 30-lap contest. So at the drop of the green flag, Tom Jewell took the early lead but was quickly under fire from fifth starting Jimmy McCune. 
By lap eight, McCune had found the top of the pylon and was setting sail. He held on through two restarts to get the win over Charlie Schultz, Jason Blonde, Jeff Bloom, and Jacob Adolinar, who recovered nicely after a lap 11 spin. And Rich, this just coming in while we're working our way through the show tonight, officials have announced that the 2021 Hot Shoe 100 will be contested at Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway on August 6th and 7th. Now, this event has had a couple of different homes, Whittemore Speedway originally, Kinross Speedway last year, and we were under the understanding it was originally going to go back to Kinross here in 2021, but uh, minimal details available right now. What we do know is that it is going to Springport on August 6th and 7th. That's going to set up a massive weekend of racing, Rich, uh, because on the dirt side, we've already got the wood tick scheduled for Merritt, and now we're going to do the uh, Hot Shoe 100 down here at uh, Springport. Well, I guess we better put an ad in the paper for some uh, correspondence, Zach, because <laughs> I think we're going to be spread kind of thin that weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a busy weekend, and we'll get you more information on uh, everything you need to know on the Hot Shoe 100 being moved to Springport as soon as we have it available this week on horsepowerhappenings.com. All right, Rich, it's time to bring in our once-a-month program. It's a lot of fun, and we're uh, happy to bring on Gary Lindahl with Gary Did You Know, presented this week by Fast Time Race Engines. Uh, Rich, uh, I'll allow you to introduce Gary this week because it just seems appropriate. Well, yeah, I, I did get to see him. I did get to see him this weekend uh, at Toledo, and, and we were able to have some Pepsi's for my birthday. So, uh, Gary Lindell, welcome back into Horsepower Happenings. Always fun to be with you guys, and uh, yes, we did have fun on Friday night. There was no doubt about that. It was nice to see a good crowd there at Toledo, and uh, and it was a great show that all, all the drivers put on. So, and I tell you, Zach it a and fun I night. Yeah, and Zach and I had some fun. We announced together at Flat Rock on Saturday uh, for the Arca Series Super Series one uh, Bandorn Racing Development One Twenty Five. Uh, you missed a great race, man. It was it was it was awesome. Oh, that's cool. They usually put on a good race there at Flat Rock Series cars do. So. All right, so Gary, what we're going to do? We're going to move into your questions for this week, and uh, you know, you notice Zach what we noticed uh, last month. The answers went up. We had a bunch of people come yes. back in, and we had more people answering. So now they got, you know, we got we got Gary in his time slot once a month. We know where it's going to be. All right, Gary, let's start with the first one. Question number one for the month of June. Okay, question number one. Which former NASCAR champion started his racing career in figure eights? It's above me. <laughs> Interesting. <Yeah. laughs> um, and I, this actually, and, and, and to show you how, how good you guys are doing now, this question was sent to me by a gentleman who is just being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Ah, all right. How about that? Now, I have the cheat sheet here, and this answer is pretty cool, actually, when, when you stop and think about it. This is a pretty cool answer. I'm, I can't wait for us to reveal this next week. It is. That is pretty cool. All right, okay, how, question how, number two. What was the first track Gary Fidewa raced at? See this see now I have the cheat sheet. There's a lot of thought there's a lot of thought that would go into that. <laughs> this would have been probably my third guess. What oh. the actual answer is. It probably yep. would have been my third guess. So yeah. I, it it'd take it would have taken me a couple. I love this, too, yeah. because it gives us an insight, Gary. This is pretty cool. When you, again, when you stop and think about it, the amount of NASCAR relation that, that goes back to our area, uh, a lot of lot of big names coming out of this out of this region. 
Yes, they did. Yep, a lot of a lot of great drivers over the years. Now, Gary, the, question number three, I I wouldn't have had a clue. So this must be <laughs> this must be back in your era, is what I'm guessing. Uh, yes, it is. But if you stop and uh, uh, looked up the history of this, you'd go, "Oh yeah, now I remember." But anyway, question number three: What were coyote cars? I'd never, I've that. never heard of a coyote car. So I'm gonna have to get out the research department and look this up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you've never heard of them, that makes it hard to answer. Yeah, it, it sure does. It sure does. <laughs> Now let me ask yeah, you this, you Gary. A, can we you could take a guess? Can, I mean, you know. Can we get a hint on this? What what uh, what time frame are we talking about? When did these coyote cars race? Oh, I'm gonna say, uh, you know, I think their heyday was pretty much well in the '80s. Okay. All right. So we're and looking. They were pretty pop, and they traveled around. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. How about that fourth and final question this week? Okay. The fourth question. See, and I already forgot what Rich told me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> these, these three drivers were successful in modified racing, and they all work for railroads. All right, so we need three driver names for that fourth and final question. So yes. this is a good quiz this week. There's a lot of cool stuff in this one, Rich France. Yeah, now I, I think to get that fourth one right, you're going to have to know you're going to obviously have to know that somebody worked for a railroad, and that might lead you down the right direction. I mean, I've heard of all three of these guys, but I didn't know if any of them worked for the railroad. So I I wouldn't have known where to start. For sure. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes uh, that's what, just like Zach said, you got to do a little research sometimes. And you got to have a little fun with it. And it's certainly three drivers that everyone in the Midwest at some point has heard of. One. And they are pretty famous guys. For sure. Gary, we appreciate you taking time to do Gary Did You Know. Uh, we appreciate your work as well. And, uh, man, enjoy. You're taking another week off this week. Well-deserved. And uh, you're going to have some fun. And then we'll get to hear you again at Flat Rock in Toledo very soon. And we're looking forward to it. All righty, man. You guys take care, Rich. See you down the road. You got it, my friend. That's the Gary Did You Know segment here on Horsepower Happenings once a month, and uh, we're happy to have Fast Time Racing Engines and Parts on board to present that to you this week. Now look for the quiz on our Facebook page, Rich. Uh, comment on that original post, and you could win some awesome prizes. Yeah, you know, nobody's got nobody's won anything quite yet because they've not got all of the questions. We've, you know, I think last month we had um, some people get two or three questions right. But we're getting there. So, uh, yeah, it, when, when you see the post, answer. You know, you, you're going to get uh, a lot of people sharing it. But go to the original post, uh, answer on the original post on our Facebook page, and uh, give your best shot. You're allowed to do some research beforehand. Of course. You, know, you, don't, you don't just have to, to read it and, and just take a guess. You can do a little research and uh, try to win you some tickets or some swag. It'll be good stuff. Gary, did you know, presented by Fast Time Race Engines and Parts, exclusively and only right here on Horsepower Happenings. All right, Rich, it's time to get into our first interview on the night, and uh, no doubt in my mind, as we get done with Gary, a uh, current Hall of Famer, that we're going to be talking with this guy one day about being a Hall of Famer himself. Let us know who we're talking with. Yeah, a lot, lot of racing news uh, in the in mid-Michigan mid area this in the past week, and about one week ago, this gentleman was announced as the new Director of Motorsports Operations at Bertrand Speedway. Uh, if you've been around pavement racing in Michigan, 
You've probably had an interaction with this gentleman at one time or another. Jeff Parrish, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you, guys. I'm uh, happy to be here. Jeff, uh, we need to get something straight first because uh, for me and the race fans, um, is it Birch Run Speedway, Birch Run Speedway and Event Center, Birch Run's Dixie Speedway? I've never accused of being the smartest guy in the room, but I'm confused. <laughs> well, I think it depends on what crowd you're in and what message you're trying to get across. Uh, to some of us, it's always going to be Dixie or the Dixie. Um, but uh, as as uh, racing has evolved, you've seen a few of these tracks have to look for other revenue streams. And uh, when Mr. Susky made the purchase, he had the vision of uh, having an event center in the area. And uh, they have invested in the infrastructure there. I don't know the last time that you guys were there, but it is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, one of the things that has been installed is a nice new stage so they can do concerts, um, uh, weddings, all kinds of different things that uh, might not be considered uh, typical uh, speedway type business, but uh, it's going to be all encompassing when they're done. It's it's really nice. Now I've been I've been awful jealous of you watching your travels while you've taken time away, um, you know, from the weekly racetrack business. Did that time off reignite that fire that we all know you had for many years and make you want to take this back on? Um, you know, that's a good question. Wow, um, I don't think that it ever really uh, leaves uh, your passion. Um, but uh, I, I did not plan on this. Um, I, it was actually one morning and I, I picked up my phone and was looking at Facebook and I had gotten a message from a, a former customer, a friend that was had for 15 years and uh he said would you give me a give me a call and when i gave him the call he said uh we were we were discussing at the payout window how to solve some problems that we're having who can we find and uh my name came up and uh next thing i knew i was in the office uh chatting with mr susky you know, as as Rich said, uh, those who who've been around the sport at all know your name, and and for me, I associate you with Springport. But before that, you you had a great uh, deal of success at other racetracks, including uh, Dixie Speedway. What was it like for you? You know, you got the call. You're in the office. You're talking about things, and and you're a very professional individual. But below that surface, Jeff, what was the excitement level like at the potential to be back at what I would guess you consider home? Uh, I'm going to say it played a part because, um, you know, there's a significant uh, time, money, and emotional investment that uh, we made into that facility. And not just me, but a host of other people. And, uh, and um, when you put that much of your life into something, um, you don't like to see it struggling and, um, uh, you know, without going backwards here too much, it's just, 
seems like they maybe didn't quite find the right fit through the years here. And, uh, uh, needed some of the, uh, experience or, or, uh, uh, management, uh, suggestions to maybe avoid some of the pitfalls that uh, uh, can happen from time to time when you're trying to get a facility going. Um, uh, I my role there is uh, you know I'm going to be there on Friday nights, um, Friday afternoons, Friday nights. Uh, but my role is more than that. It's uh, to act as a mentor to the new GM that they've hired. Um, and he's a phenomenal guy. His name's Jason Lord. Uh, he has some great uh, engineering and corporate experience and very professional, but he's fantastic at organizing and implementing, and he's a wonderful idea guy. Um, I am totally impressed with, uh, with Jason, and you know I've worked with a few people through the years, and you have to have... Uh, talent and passion if you're going to pull off the things that it takes to pull pull off a success at one of these tracks and and he has both so I'm excited to see where things are going to go now Zach and I have both been there recently since the you know all the all the uh, investments were made in the back patio area and the stage we were able to see that it's a beautiful facility but uh, Mm -hmm. you know looking forward you you know you've been there a whole week uh, what are some of the things that you found that, that you were able to fix Oh, in your first six and a half days? <laughs> um, just, uh, just helping them to shape their, their format for their racing events. Um, uh, and you know, we all get, we all get, uh, when we go to a racetrack, we get comfortable if we have uh, a regimen or a, a series of events that unfold in a certain way um, and there's some familiarity built into what we know is going to happen through the course of an event and that's not only on the uh, that's not only on the customer driver's side it's also on the staff side and so um, you know a little bit of uh, a little bit of direction that is uh, consistent and proven uh, through the years, um, is really what people were anticipating. And, uh, that's what we've been able to implement. And that's what you'll see in the future, uh, tweaking on that program. And then, uh, some of the creative, uh, creative marketing that, uh, Jason and, you know, with some of my brainstorming thrown into that mix, um, I think you'll see some exciting stuff for the future. Um, we've done some successful promotions at a few different tracks through the years that have garnered a lot of attention. And, uh, Jason has heard about some of those and is interested in, uh, throwing in his own twist, um, in his family, his daughter is a, is a, um, uh, a graduate with a marketing degree and, and working in industry, uh, uh, and so she's got a lot of ideas and we're, we're very excited about being able to sit down, uh, and brainstorm at different times and, uh, what they can do to capitalize on, uh, that beautiful facility. Um, some very 
interesting things have transpired just with discussions that Jason has had in the evenings with uh, some drivers that have been hanging around. And uh, you're going to see them implemented very shortly. Uh, there's going to be more of a festive atmosphere after the races. And uh, you know, we used to, uh, everywhere I've ever been, there, there's a, a feeling of camaraderie that will build um, around the facility. Uh, if people are not uh, rushed out the door when it's time to go home, when, when we've got our night of racing done, um, there's going to be some different entertainment that they're going to uh, be introducing in the next, uh, in the coming weeks ahead. And uh, people will be given an opportunity to hang out and meet each other and fans can meet the drivers. Drivers can interact with each other, but we've got a beautiful place to do that. And you're going to see that uh, develop over the course of time here. I think it's a phenomenal idea. I want to ask you to do something that is probably going to be hard because, you know, you, you just you have a job to do and you do it to the best of your ability and, and then you go home. Um, but as you said, there's an investment there. The community, the racing community, really rallied around the idea of getting you back involved in motorsports. Um, not not just, you know, in this idea that, oh, Jeff's going to come in and save the day. No, just people appreciate you and your passion for this sport and your your passion to want to do whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's selling parts or running a racetrack or, um, you know, vacationing. You're trying to do it to the best of your ability um, how, how, uh, humbling maybe is not the right word, but, but how encouraging was it for you to see everyone from Birch Run, Springport, all these tracks that you've been associated with over the years, either call or text or, or get on Facebook and congratulate you and well wish you and, and really are excited to see what you can do now along with the new, the other new management pieces at, at Birch Run. How was that feeling for you? Well, uh, of course, it's uh, a wonderful feeling, and I think they're uh, they're going to be so gracious as to allow me a honeymoon phase to go in and get my feet wet and uh, see what we can do. And uh, uh, I've got some great friends out there, and uh, uh, a certain amount of people appreciate the the way that we do things, and uh, uh, I'm really blessed that they're very supportive. Um, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to take the credit for all that, but I got to tell you that everywhere that I've ever been, um, it's been a team of us working on things and it's going to be no different over at Birch Run. Um, a, a, a team of volunteers everywhere that I've been and a, and a, and a group of people that are either on staff or, or just the, the rabid level fan that want to see their racetrack do well. And when you get those kind of groups uh, pointed in a, a direction where they can take up on a cause and you can do some great things. And I've seen it happen five different times now and uh, five different markets and um, it can be done there again. It's been done before. It can be done again. So, uh, you know, it's, it's humbling for the encouragement and support, but, uh, time will tell there's real work ahead and, uh, it, it's time to get our noses to the grindstone. 
And Jeff, I you know, as, as we always say on the show, if there's another, if there's a bigger outlaw, super late model fan than me, I haven't met him yet. Um, you guys just lost a, a, a big race to mother nature just, just in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and you can just tell it's just me and you, everybody else can talk amongst themselves right now, but are you, are you any closer to getting a rescheduled date for that event? Um, I am, uh, going to sit down with, uh, Jason here, the very, the very, uh, short week ahead. I'm going to be sitting down with him and the schedule is one of the things that we're going to be tackling. Um, we have a short week here and, and I hope that anybody that's listening, uh, that's a fan will understand that, uh, uh, Mr. Susky, who, who is the owner of the facility, um, his wife passed away, uh, Friday, um, which was our, you know, our, our reopening, I guess you would say with this management group and, um, her funeral arrangements are over today and, and tomorrow and, you know, on Wednesday, um, it'll be back full steam ahead, uh, with the things that we've been working on. Um, that date is important to me. Super late models at Dixie have been, uh, Dixie slash Birch Run have been a, uh, uh, a staple there for uh, 60 years. And, um, uh, I definitely want to book a date if at all possible. We're going to have to, we're going to have to speak with the, the series, uh, the hammer series and, uh, and look at the possibilities and, and work something out if we can. Um, it, it, the, the hard part in that is we definitely do not <clears throat> want to stack this show on top of an existing show that somebody else has, or, uh, you know, we just, we just need to have enough time to be able to promote it and pull it off where it makes sense for everybody. So I'm going to look at everything that we can do. And if we can carve out a date, um, that does no harm for everyone, then we're going to do it and we'll do it to the best of our ability. You mentioned a short week, and, and actually, I do want to stop and say our condolences to the Susky family. I had not heard that, um, and so uh, we are sorry to hear about that, but glad to hear that we're going to push on and be able to race this week. Midwest Modified Tour scheduled to come into town, and then uh, I kind of got the impression there, Jeff, that there may be some other changes to the schedule going forward. Um, you know, as far as that's concerned, though, still some really impressive shows coming up um let's preview friday a little bit this midwest modified tour has been a lot of fun to watch so far this season yeah i i was on the phone with uh bud grave first thing this morning he he called and uh, we had a great talk and i always enjoy uh speaking with bud he's an old friend and we've raced a few different places together and uh uh He's excited about coming to town. Uh, they're very optimistic about the number of cars that are going to show up to this event. And uh, you know, we were going over some nuts and bolts that need to happen to pull it off. So um, very excited about that. Uh, I think it'll be a, a good turnout. And we had a fantastic modified race there uh, just this Friday uh, with uh, – uh, Nick Clemens, Blake Rowe, and David McNeerist battling it out for at least 15 laps um, up front, and we did not know who was going to 
who was going to pull that one off. And it was very exciting to watch. And I think the fans are going to be able to see uh, racing like that through the entire field um, on this show that's coming up this weekend. Jeff, I got to ask your opinion of the, the breaking news tonight. Um, the Hot Shoe 100 coming to Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway for 2021. What do you think? I think it's a, a beautiful facility for uh, camping. Uh, uh, the, the An iconic show like that um, and Springport, I think it's a great fit. That's, uh, that's exciting news. Um, that I, I just heard that I got a telephone call from a, a mod team from up North and, uh, their owner's a, a good friend. And he, I was actually over in the race shop underneath John's car. You had it up on the hoist and my phone rang and, uh, we were, we were, pleasantly surprised to hear that show was going to occur there i think it's a great fit well as we uh, wrap up here jeff we could talk all night about what sort of things you want to do and what could be done and um you know just to talk about racing because it's what we all do but what are some of the things i guess in closing here that you would like to accomplish in in 2021 whether that's you know obviously short-term goals right getting the big one rescheduled but that's not what I mean. I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want to try to bring in uh, more sanctions? Uh, you know, I believe coming up in at the end of July, you've got a big show coming up for template cars with the ARCA CRA Super Series and the Jegs Tour coming to town. Um, you know, what what sort of goals are you putting down on paper that you want to try to accomplish now as the as the director of this department for Bertrand? Well, I think the first thing that we have to do is we have to focus on our local talent and our bread and butter divisions um, that are looking for a place to race. And uh, I am going to be focusing very hard on uh, making it a a friendly, uh, welcoming customer service environment for those guys and uh, see if we can get them to come over and uh, try our flavor of of, uh, race operations and get those classes thriving again. When those classes are thriving, then all of the things that you just talked about that are fantastic shows to bring in are more of an option because we have the support divisions that, that, you know, when it gets down to it, it, it's the backbone of any short track. Um, It's what it's, it's what the track needs for stability to ensure that they can, uh, get their their uh, operating numbers into the black. And that is one of the first things that I will be focusing on um, is long-term development of those, those divisions. Well, and we can start to see that unfold coming up this Friday night at Birch Run Speedway. The Midwest Modified Tour will come into town. Uh, and Jeff, I'm sure you'll have some local divisions supporting them as well uh, that, that we'll be happy to see watch and, and grow in that event too. So Jeff Parrish is the the new uh, Director of Motorsports Operations at Birch Run Speedway. And you'll get a chance to see him in action Friday night at Birch Run with the Midwest Modified Tour. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Good luck in that new role. And uh, we're, we're going to try to get over there to Birch Run at some point this year. If not before, we'll see you at the end of July for that uh, CRA show. 
That sounds great. I'll be looking forward to seeing you guys. Well, as mentioned uh, earlier in the show, fans, mark your calendars. Coming up on Friday, July 2nd, part of a big weekend of racing, $10,000 on the line at Tri-City Motor Speedway. It's the return of the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series, and it's a co-sanctioned event with the Sunoco American Late Model Series as well. That'll be Friday at Tri-City for $10,000. Then Saturday, they move to Merritt for preliminary events and uh, all sorts of fun being held there. And then Sunday, another $10,000 is on the line, another Sunoco American Late Model Series co-sanctioned event. And oh, by the way, fireworks. And if you've never seen a Mike Blackmer production of fireworks, you ain't seen fireworks at a racetrack. So get on up to Merritt Speedway or Tri-City Speedway Friday through Sunday and check out the racing $20,000 plus on the line for late model racing right here in the state of Michigan. Find more details available online at MerrittSpeedwayMI.com or TriCityRacetrack.com. And that's all happening coming up, not this weekend, but next weekend right here in Michigan. The best in late model racing is the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series. Well, now, Rich, let's keep our focus to the dirt track. And uh, this is a little prelude of uh, some of the racing that we're going to get to see midweek this week. Uh, it's our pleasure to bring in a new promoter to the, uh, the state of Michigan and the surrounding area. Let us know who we're talking with. Yeah, this is new for us around the state, Zach. Uh, this gentleman is the promoter of the Eastern IMCA All-Stars, and they're getting ready to stage their second event this week. Uh, and we had to find out uh, what what the heck this is all about. Uh, Brad Bowser, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, how you doing, Greg? Man, you had your first event at Crystal earlier this season. From everything I've heard, went extremely well. Uh, talk to us about Eastern IMCA All-Stars and what it's all about. So what we're trying to do here is I want to try to bring in IMCA in Michigan. It's their first time ever coming out. We had some good interest looking into it start start of this year, and I'm trying to build on it. We only had four our first time, but you know you can't build without starting. So that's what our first our first race is all about, and hopefully we can go from there. So tell me about uh, tell me about you know, what you're doing, uh, you know, what you're running so the fans can figure out, Hey, I want to come out and check this out. Yeah, we run. So we run IMCA modifieds, IMCA stock cars. We run a, a four cylinder class that we use the rules of the Midwest dirt compact series. We use their rules and then we let the pro stocks come out and race also. This is a great opportunity. You know, you and I had a chance to talk as well, you were kind of basing this off of an idea that had been done before with some midweek racing. Why why in the middle of the week are you deciding to host these events? Well, you know, it's been about, if I, if I remember right, it's been about 20 years since the last time we've been able to do Wednesday night racing. And I, I actually started this year, I wanted to do a Friday, Saturday night stuff, but I couldn't find enough tracks to let me race. So I did some thinking with me, some of my, partners and we decided that we would try Wednesdays again and put on a good show for everybody. You know, that first show, I thought you had good car counts uh, in the IMC modified side. Um, obviously, as you said, stock cars need need some help. And that begs the question, too, with so much going on in our state as far as stock car rules. We had dirt car uh, stock cars at Hartford at one time. Uh, we've got kind of that Michigan rule book that a lot of tracks are running, like Tri-City and, you know, um, Thunderbird and those cars, Merritt, are all kind of interchangeable. Why is there a push for you? What is, what is your reason for trying to push IMCA stock cars to come to Michigan? 
Well, there's a few classes here in Michigan that aren't, that aren't building very fast, and I'm, they spend just as much money in, in other, other cars that uh, if they switch to an IMCA stock car, you can travel from any track here in Michigan and race it, and you can even go out of state, and we've just never had a set of rules other than the IMCA mods that travel to each track. And that's what I love to see is the same set of rules that each track, hopefully, in the next two years. Now, Brad, we, we talked a little bit here about uh, the cars that you run. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into uh, to deciding to jump out, that, jump out on that big promoter's limb? Well, I've, I've done a little bit of everything with racing. My uh, grandma and grandpa owned Mid-Michigan Raceway Park, and I, I've been working with, working with them until I was about 16 years old, and then I decided to move up, and I started flagging at Tri-City and Silver Bullet. And I've done from flagging to inspectors to safety crew, and I just, I've done everything but promoting. And, well, now I'm, I can put myself on that list. You're working as well. We had a chance to talk on uh, Friday at Winston. You're working on some pretty big things moving forward, um, trying to really build this Eastern IMCA modified thing. And two, to your credit, right, you've already got a couple of uh, tracks to add on since you already released your schedule. We know that you added a date at Tri-City, I believe, in August. Um, so that's going to be exciting for you to start to see some people get behind what you're doing. Yeah, and um, we, we tried earlier this year to get with Tri-City, but with uh, me and Mike Blackmer, he's a very busy man, and I'm pretty busy. We never just got a hold of each other. Well, finally, after our season started, we can get together and look for everybody. So how about the other support, too, the outside support? I mean, uh, the amount of cars uh, that showed up for that first one and uh, these tracks to jump on board. Uh, what were your expectations, and what are your expectations? I mean, you had a successful, what I call a successful first event, now moving forward, what are your expectations? What are you? What do you consider a successful event for the Eastern IMC All Stars? Honestly, with four, with four different classes running, I was looking at fifty-five to sixty cars. That was my first expectation. And then when we come out with, I think our number was seventy-three for our first night, mm -hmm. and we got all all four classes done before ten o'clock. That is, I can't ask for anything than that. If we get more cars than that, I don't know what's going to happen, if it's going to go much later <laughs> or not. I hope not. But I hope to see a good show. I guess the other thing, too, that I was thinking about is, uh, you know, with you trying to bring in IMCA stock cars, the IMCA modified division, B-Mod division is very strong in our state. Um, it, it probably even is a little bit stronger than the UMP modified division is right now. How about late models? And I bring this up only because of what is going on in our state right now with late models with some guys running American racers. Some guys can't find American racer tires. So we had a track switch to UMP. Some guys don't like running the UMP format. They'd rather run this, this Michigan rule book, if you will. Then we threw in the pro late models with Winston and Thunderbird in the off season. What about the IMCA late model division? Is that somewhere that maybe you'd like to see happen in the future or maybe try to take that pro late model class and mold it into the IMCA class? I mean, any thoughts of trying to do that? See, I really, I really do like the pro late model class because you can take a late model chassis from 15, 20 years ago and you can still go on it and make it so good with that pro late model class. IMCA late models, you, oh, it would almost be better to stay away for a little while. They're, they're going to be too much to go from 
uh, Pro Lakes to IMCA Lakes. It'd just take too much time there. I'd love to have late models in the future. I just didn't know how much I could I could afford by myself this first year. So you so you start out. Uh, you ha- you have a good first show. You're going to have your <clears throat> your next one coming up this week. What are you looking for? How many shows do you want to eventually run a year uh, throughout the region? Honestly, I'd only like one to maybe two a month. If you do much more than that, you're going to draw people away. People, It's just another race. One to two a month, you're going to keep the excitement alive on a Wednesday night. Well, I think that's a great idea. So let's talk about the, the remainder of the schedule, starting with Wednesday. What are the details? What do people need to know about this race coming up on Wednesday? Start time, ticket prices, all that sort of stuff. All right. So hot lap start at 6 o'clock. Uh, we're going to have our driver's meeting around 6.30. Racing starts at 7. We're very prompt and starting on time. It is $35 for the pit and 15 for the grandstands. Three and younger are free to get in. Just a general admission note. Um, it's two thousand to win for the modifieds. Well, let me rephrase that. It's nineteen hundred and ninety-seven dollars to win. Now, I asked you on what because you told me this Friday, and I said, "Bro, do you need three dollars? I have three singles in my pocket. What what do what do you need from me?" Um, and you, this is pretty cool. I like what you're doing for this event. Why is the number odd? And I think aren't laps odd too? Tell me about this. Yep. So my birthday is actually Wednesday. I'll be turning twenty-four. So that will. Um, the year I was born was 1997, so that's what we're paying out was $1,997 to win. Then we're going to run 24 laps for the mod feature. I like it, man. I like it. Now, what does the rest of the schedule look like? What are the other dates this summer that folks can come on out and check out what you've got going on? So we're looking at July 28th at I-96. We're looking at August 11th at Tri-City. Um August 25th at Winston Motor Speedway. And then we're looking at another race, maybe with the Midwest Dirt Compact Series, just for the modified at Hartford. Okay, but that one's not confirmed yet? No, we're, we're still in the books on that one, but I hope to see it soon. Do you have a website, or what's the best way for folks to follow along with what you got going on? Best place to look me up is if you go on Facebook and look up the Eastern IMCA All-Stars. We post on there at least four to five times a week. All right, man. Well, hey, we appreciate you joining us on the show tonight. Good luck on Wednesday. We, we hope to be able to get up there and, and take it in. Thunderbird Raceway will be home Wednesday night to the Eastern IMCA All-Stars featuring IMCA Modifieds, IMCA Stock Cars, then, of course, the Midwest Compact Cars and Pro Stocks and Pro Trucks will be in action as well. First green flag at 7 o'clock. Brad Bowser, thanks so much for joining us tonight, man. Good luck. Well, thank you. Have a good one, guys. Time for our final interview of the evening, and it's our pleasure to bring in a young driver who, Rich, quite frankly, I think a lot of people, if they're not already watching him, they're going to have their eyes on him after his performance on Saturday. Let us know who we're talking to. Well, Zach, I have to admit right out of the, right off the bat, uh, I've known this <clears throat> young man <clears throat> since he was a little grasshopper, uh, but that's not why he's on the show. He earned it every bit this weekend. Uh, he just had a great run on Saturday in the Van Dorn Racing Development 125 at Flat Rock bringing home a nice top five finish in just his second ARCA CRA Super Series start and against a very stacked field, I might say. He is a second-generation driver and a student at UNO. We'll get into all that, too. Makes his home in Lambertville, Michigan. Uh, Ethan Stanuchek, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. Now, before we get into Saturday, um, it is absolutely unusual 
for a driver with factory stock and street stock experience, and to be honest, you don't have an abundance of each, uh, to have success right away in one of the toughest super late model series anywhere in the country. Um, first, just for our fans that, that haven't heard you, let's talk about your path in racing and how you got to this point. Yeah, uh, I started go-karts about when I was 9 or 10 years old. Uh, just been learning from my dad and my uncle, Dave and Tadek Stanuchek, over the years. And uh, moved into stock cars when I was about 14. Raced stock cars ever since at Flat Rock and Toledo in the factory stock and street stock classes. Had a little bit of success, and here we are trying to make our way. So we get to Saturday, and you don't even have a super late model. So you guys bring the, the pro late model that you have. And, uh, and honestly, that really wasn't going to hurt you at Flat Rock. We talked about that. But obviously the goal wasn't to beat Hosevar, Crump, Lee, Fair, Schrader, Schroeder, and I can go on and on. Um, but what was your original goal for Saturday? And that obviously changed as that race went on. Yeah, uh, to begin the day, honestly, we just wanted to kind of log laps and uh, see what we had a little bit because with our home track, having that home court advantage, uh, even though racing against guys that have a little bit more than we do, we just wanted to log laps and kind of get a feel for the car and understand it a little bit more. And after qualifying, things uh, kind of changed a little bit for us and get a little bit more motivation for the race. You, you and I had a chance to talk down in uh, on the front stretch after victory lane celebrations, and uh, you said that your finish, you didn't believe, even actually justified how good of a car you guys think you had. Uh, you, you believe you probably had a car good enough to, to get up there maybe onto the podium. Yeah, I, I do believe that. Uh, we Our game plan to go into the race was kind of keep four tires on it. And, uh, we're not a very big budget team like some of those other guys are, so we try to keep our wheels on the car every race and just log laps and get comfortable. So, yeah, during that race, we were just logging laps and kind of pacing ourselves for the end. And the last 40 laps, kind of hoping for a caution there, get us all bunched back up and maybe see what we had for those guys up front. When you're saving like that, and, and Rich mentioned it, your experience is not necessarily in 125 lap races. Uh, your second race in a, in a late model period, how hard was it for you to pace yourself throughout that event, especially when uh, we're talking about a race that had, what, one caution in it uh, in, in the course of 125 laps? How tough was that for you? Yeah, uh, not too terrible, actually. It was a little bit better than I thought. Uh, late models are a little bit different, but we did run the uh, street stocks or actually factory stocks for 250 laps. And uh, that kind of taught me how to pace myself for those long races and get pretty good at them. Like I said, late model is a little bit different, but uh, kind of the same concept, just a little bit faster. Now, I, I was talking, you know, making hand motions to Zach near the end of that race and probably the last 50 laps. Um, Hosevar goes around, and it seems like once he – once he, I mean, he, he put a, you know, I, I think, I think most of the field a lap down, he, he was just on a roll, but, uh, once he went around you, you seemed to kind of wake up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, like I said, on the track, we didn't have anything for Carson, but I didn't realize how close he was until he got, you know, within about five cars. And that's when we kind of woke up and started to go. We, we paced ourselves like a little too long, just a little bit too long in that race. And, uh, once I saw him or once we knew he was there, we started to go more and still kind of were waiting on that caution for the end and just try to hold our lead lap, but couldn't quite hold him off. I was watching the times late in the event and you were running a lot quicker laps than, than uh, 
Tomasek in the four machine. Did you, obviously the time, time ran out, but uh, it looked like you had even a better car than he did at the end. Yeah, I feel like we did. I feel like we definitely had a top four, maybe even top three car. If we uh, just paced ourselves a little bit different throughout that race, but uh, that's, that comes all with experience and we're not fully experienced in that class yet. Like you said, only a couple races deep. So hopefully we'll do a little bit better this Sunday at Co-Care. So, and, and great transition for, for me. You make my job easy. Jeg's back in action. The Jeg's tour, uh, CRA All-Stars tour back in action Sunday at Kill Care. Now, this is a track that not people, not a lot of people get to turn laps on because they've got like, what, three events this year and they're all CRA events. So what is your mindset going in? <clears throat> what are what are your goals? And how do you keep those things in check? How do you stay realistic about what you want to be able to do, especially off off of a, a great run on Saturday? Yeah, uh, biggest thing this year is we, we just want to learn the new tracks and keep on riding around, try to understand a little bit more. Uh, this weekend's goal is just start, finish the race. Whatever happens, happens, but mostly just learn a lot about that track. I know that track is very different from anything that I've ever ran not quite an oval <laughs> so yeah, yeah exactly we'll kind of see where it, uh, yeah we'll kind of see where it takes us so what has been the toughest thing for you as far as learning and, and keeping the car underneath of you coming from the two divisions that you did up into this uh, late model division now and create late models at the moment what has been the, st- the steepest learning curve for you what's been the hardest for you to, to transition to uh the hardest part is probably just getting used to the speed and the amount of like g-forces you're experiencing in the corners it's a little bit more uh, it's a little bit bigger toll almost on your body but driving the cars it is a little bit different you can't overdrive those cars if you overdrive them then they're junk i learned that in practice actually more on saturday at flat rock uh, going into qualifying uh, we had a mock qualifying run and i drove it a little too hard and we were pretty slow we went out another time because i said i you know i just didn't drive the car quite good enough and laid out some better laps and then ended up doing pretty good in qualifying. Let's talk, let's talk now a little, little bit off your, your hands-on racing stuff. Let's talk about uh, university of Northwest Ohio. Um, yeah. Your student down there and uh, you, you were selected to, to that race team. Tell us uh, all what you got going down there because now you're not only getting some experience uh, on the pavement, you're getting some experience with the dirt as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's definitely different down there. Uh, dirt racing, asphalt racing is a big, big change for me. I'm still trying to understand that. This weekend, this Friday, I'm actually headed back down there tomorrow to get a, one of our stock cars ready. I'm crew chief on one of our stock cars down there for Friday's race. And it's just been super awesome. Those guys are awesome down there. Uh, really just trying to understand those cars. And it, it's almost backwards from asphalt. There's a few similarities, but a lot of it's very different. Okay, Ethan, well, then let me ask you this. If you're crew chiefing on these dirt cars, is there any um, any hopeful or likeliness of you getting behind the wheel of one of those cars on dirt? It is possible. I did. Uh, we, we tested earlier in the year to kind of have almost driver tryouts to see who would drive this year. There's a lot of experienced dirt racers on the team, so they're more than likely in spots over me. My roommate's actually my driver this coming Friday, and he's very, very experienced racing up in Canada. Um, but I did try out and it, it is very different. I didn't think I did that bad. <laughs> I'm not really sure exactly how I did. But, I was going to uh, say, what did everybody else think? <laughs> it's, it's everybody yeah, else's I, critique, I gotta, right? 
Yeah, I got a few other people that said I did all right. I, I don't really know. I'm enjoying working on them and understanding them almost more than I think uh, I would be driving them. Well, and that was what I was going to ask too. Is is you are kind of getting the twofold experience, right? You get to drive your own stuff, and then you're also wrenching on these uh, on these cars for school. And I know you said it's almost backwards, but are you able to take anything that you're applying and use it on on your late model? Uh, not quite. Everything we do down there is a little bit different. We don't run the bump stops and the coilovers down there, uh, but it it all kind of does transition. It does teach me a little bit more about how cars can handle and uh, almost how, like watching dirt, it, you can understand more on how to not drive a car and asphalt. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to exactly explain that, but uh, yeah. Well, I think what the problem is, and, and, and I'm, I can really simplify this, uh, you're always turning left on asphalt and you are never turning left in a dirt car. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That, that is a good way to look at it. Actually, in the past, on our street stock, we turn right a lot, which is very weird, but uh, we've had a lot of troubles with that car this year, opening night when we wrecked it. Well, uh, got caught up in somebody else's mess and then bent up our left rear and, and the 100 lap rear. Our car was pretty bad, but well, taking that dirt racing stuff away from, or taking the you know, asphalt stuff away from the dirt and figuring it out. Well, we know what your goals are for, you know, per race, keep the tires on it, bring it home in one piece, and, and have a good showing. But what about long range here? Uh, you know, are you going to run the whole JEG schedule? What would you like to accomplish uh, throughout the course of this season? And then even looking ahead, what are your big goals? I mean, you're still young. You're still in school, obviously. Uh, what, what do you want to get done in your career in the racing side of things? Uh, honestly, I just want to go as far as I can, as far as I can. It can take me uh, – we don't have a big budget to run full season, so sponsors are huge. We got you know a few good sponsors this year to help us out, get us into maybe five or six of those bigger shows. Uh, in the future, we would like to run a full schedule and maybe hit some of the bigger races throughout the year, go down to Florida possibly, or maybe even run the short track nationals down at Bristol in a year or two. But uh, time will tell, really. You know, Zach, I have to say, uh, you know, I- I'm glad I, I talked to Ethan um God, I think it was a month ago we were talking, Ethan, and I think you said, uh, hey, you ever need me to come on the show? I, I, he, you said, give me a call. I said, well, why don't you do something? Well, I got to compliment you, young man. There's a lot of people proud of you, including me. Um, you've come a long way, and, and what you did on Saturday, I think uh, as you go on this season, you'll realize how big that was. But uh, I just want to let you know, I, I thought you did an awesome job. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I do remember that conversation. I've actually been thinking about that. And I knew Flat Rock was kind of our biggest opportunity to show everyone what we got and see, you know, for us to see how fast our car really was and see how good I was at driving it, I guess. And I, everything kind of fell into place. Well, Ethan, uh, a nice job. I know you uh, probably there's a little disappointment there in there that you came up short on a podium finish, uh, finishing fifth. But, man, you mentioned it. You got some sponsors on the side of that thing. You got people that put you in that race car. Who is it that made it possible for you to uh, get that fifth place finish on Saturday? Yeah, uh, honestly, the biggest two are my dad and my uncle. When I'm away at college, they get the car done, and they, they do all the setup for me and get everything squared away. I don't really even have to work on late model too much because they do all of it, so I can't ever thank them enough. Uh, other guys are Hypersill, Eminem Controls, Precision Epoxy, One Stop Speed Shop, ES Building Solutions, Photos by Kuyos. Uh, without any of those guys, we really could not do this. And I'm forever grateful for them. 
Well, you can catch Ethan Stanuchek coming up this Sunday, June 27th, down in Xenia, Ohio, at Killcare Raceway for the Dayton 100. Racing begins at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. Ethan, nice job on Saturday. We'll see you Sunday. Good luck, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me, too. All right, Rich, it's that uh, favorite time of the night. Our appreciation to Ethan for joining the show. Brad, Jeff, all being part of it. Gary, thank you so much. Did you know? And Rich, a really busy schedule on the race calendar this week. Yeah, Zach, and uh, you know, like Brad said, we're going to start it off on Wednesday, the Eastern IMCA All-Star Series event number two at Thunderbird Raceway, IMCA Modifieds, IMCA Stock Cars, and IMCA Pro Stocks and Trucks, Midwest Compact Series as well. Uh, racing at Thunderbird on Wednesday kicks off at 7 p.m. And then coming up back into the traditional race days Friday night, check this out, Rich. Hartford Speedway will be the place to be for the sprints on dirt as they hit the road again for the second Friday in a row. They'll tangle the 410 Winged Warriors. will tangle with Hartford Speedway coming up Friday night. Check that out. Sure to be a good show. Um, how about Zane DeVault, man, picking up the win last Friday? That just tells you you never know who's going to go to victory lane with Saad this year. So that'll be a lot of fun Friday night on the dirt at Hartford. And then not to be forgot, Rich, some great pavement racing on Friday as well. Yeah, Corgan Oil Speedway, Modified Challenge Series, race number four, Zach. Uh, mods, late model sportsmen, street stocks, outlaw front wheel drives, pony front wheel drives, and bandoleros at the Corgan Oil Speedway on Friday night. Gates open at 5 p.m., racing at 7 p.m. And if that hasn't completely overwhelmed your Friday, don't forget about this as well. Uh, Midwest Modified Tour is scheduled to be back in action this Friday night from Birch Run Speedway, the Dixie, as we talked about with Jeff uh, just a few moments ago. They will be back in action on Friday. Uh, let me see here. Pits open at 3 o'clock, and then the racing begins at 7.30, qualifying at 6 Friday at Birch Run. And now we move into Saturday, Rich, where you get to go back to work uh, at Flat Rock. Yep, Outlaw Super Late Models come back, Zach. So if you want to, you'll find out why I'm saying this in a minute. You If you want a doubleheader of Outlaw Supers this weekend, you can start out Saturday at Flat Rock. It's autograph night uh, at 6 o'clock. The fans can go out on the racetrack and meet their favorite driver. Outlaw Super Late Models, Street Stocks, and Figure Eights will also all be in action. Gates open at 4.30 at Flat Rock, racing at 7 p.m. And then also on the dirt side, $2,000 to win for UMP Late Models and $1,500 to win for B-Mods up at Merritt. Uh, that's sure to be a good show. Racing begins at 6.30 there for their weekly program. And then, Rich, we have also a couple of options to go racing on Sunday. Yep, Sunday, uh, here's your doubleheader for your Outlaw Late Model. The Smitty Memorial 100. Remember this one, Zach? Andy Bozell lapped the entire field oh, except yeah. for Phil Bozell last year. Uh, well, that's this Sunday. $5,000 to win for the Outlaw Super Late Models. They're also going to have a $1,000 to win street stock race. Berg stocks and Outlaw front wheel drives also will be on hand. Race time Sunday is at 6.45 p.m. And then also on Sunday, the Jank CRA All-Stars Tour goes back to work. They'll get into action during the Dayton 100 at Killcare Raceway down in Xenia, Ohio. Bobby Labonte on the entry list to be a part of this. Already 19 cars scheduled to be in the starting field at uh, Killcare Raceway coming up this Sunday. Racing begins at 3 o'clock and would love to see you there. And that's what's going on. Not the entire schedule. There's still plenty of races happening that we didn't mention. And Rich, as always, we don't care where you go. We'd love to see you at a race track where we're at but the main goal is to get your backside track side and support some auto racing what is what's cool this year zach is there is so much racing out there we can't fit it into a whole program when we give so we try to spread it around with everybody 
give up give all the tracks a little bit of love to let everybody know what's going on balance it between pavement and dirt and and like like you said Get out to a racetrack. We don't care if it's pavement or dirt. Go wherever you like. There you go. And we'll hope to see you there. Uh, for Scott Menlin, who pays the bills for Rich France, my co-host. Again, thanks to Ethan. Thanks to Jeff. Thanks to Brad. Thanks to Gary for being part of the show tonight. And thanks to the drivers who talked to us over the weekend as well. I'm Zach Heiser. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk Wednesday, maybe. Uh, at least we'll talk same time, same place next Monday right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.